COVID-19 isn't just killing people. It's also putting massive pressure on a healthcare system that also has to deal with many other conditions. Uh, but I think the second piece, which is equally important, is the number of layoffs and furloughs and other things that occurred where people have lost their health insurance as well. One of the downstream effects of COVID-19 is that, you know, many individuals are concerned about contracting the virus, so they're postponing their checkups, uh, and as a result, you know, there is a risk of seeing more and more later stage diagnoses. And so you have sort of um, this this double whammy where the healthcare systems have have hemorrhaged millions of dollars, and now you have an increased need as well. It's, a, it's created quite um, a challenging atmosphere. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. You probably know Dr. Alex Garza as the head of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force. But while that job is huge, it's only part of what he does. He's also the chief medical officer for SSM Health. And in that role, he has to care about not only COVID patients, but people suffering from all sorts of other illnesses. That includes cancer. Deaths from the coronavirus nationwide have topped 210,000 this year already. But cancer continues to outpace the virus. To put it in perspective, more than 600,000 Americans died of cancer last year. Many more survive and need intensive treatment to do it. And that's where hospital groups like SSM come in. Now, one woman who was recently treated at SSM Health is Cindy Fricky. She is a St. Charles resident. And here's what she told us about her battle with the disease. I um, took a normal, just annual mammogram in June of 2018, and it was discovered I had breast cancer. And that was at SSM, of course. I went through chemo and radiation, and also had a partial mastectomy. Because I was basically over the cancer uh, before COVID, uh, anything that I've gone back to SSM for has been just the my normal checkups that you get as being a cancer patient. So I'm just like anybody else where, you know, you have to check in, get your temperature and make sure you wear a mask and, um, you know, no one goes with you. So I would say that's, that's just like most people are having to deal with when they're going in and also there have been a couple more virtual uh, uh, actual appointments that I probably would never have uh, been um, asked to do had we not had COVID. Now, Cindy Fricky is not immunocompromised. Her chemo sessions are over, so she tells us she's at no greater risk than the rest of us. And she's thinking about the big picture. On her mind right now is funding for cancer. And so we asked SSM health cancer patient Cindy Fricky why she thinks it's so important to keep oncology funding and other cancer patients in mind. One in eight women get breast cancer, and I was shocked by that. I did not know the statistics were that, and um, but any cancer, of course, um, any funding for cancer is, is wonderful. And that's one of the things that my husband and I have done to give back is to donate to SSM ourselves because we were treated so well. And, it, you know, the money can just go to wonderful things. Um, the support you can get from people meeting other patients that have cancer and getting to know their lives and 
some of the things they're going through. It, you just, it's just nice to have that um, support of other people. And um, I know I talked to one woman whose husband had been in the cancer treatment with me and now she has cancer. And mm -hmm. I reached out to her and um, I can't see her, I can't be with her, but I can at least talk to her, you know, on the phone and just give a ray of hope and that's Cindy Fricky. And joining me today to talk about the work of caring for cancer patients, even during this pandemic, is Dr. Alex Garza. Dr. Garza, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Sarah. Glad to be here. And we're also joined today by Paul Ross. He's the president of the SSM Health Foundation that raises money to support SSM Health. So, Paul, welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Dr. Garz, I want to start by getting a, a medical perspective here. What extra risks does COVID-19 pose to people who are dealing with cancer in the throes of chemo and, and in the thick of that battle? Yeah, that's a great question. So, you, you know, you have to think about this on what uh, chemotherapy is actually doing, and it is suppressing the immune system. So um, we, we've we, of course, uh, identify that. We treat that um, during the course of chemotherapy. And so some of the same sort of techniques that we use to protect chemo patients in sort of even outside of COVID, mm -hmm. you know, before COVID system or before the pandemic even started, we were doing uh, the same sorts of techniques, which is, you know, uh, sort of the social distancing and mask wearing and not going out as much, much in public, things like that. And the reason for that is to decrease the risk of, of community-acquired infections. Um, so if you go into the hospital and you see chemo patients that are severely immunocompromised, you almost see the same setup that we have uh, with our COVID patients, which is hmm. the, the, uh, the practitioners have to wear personal protective equipment, make sure the airflow is correct, all of these things. And the reason for that is to protect them from infection because we know they're immuno, they're their immune system is compromised. And so that's even more, you know, uh, uh, precedent here during this COVID phase when many patients that are on chemo living, you know, they, they're outside of the hospital mm -hmm. are having to confront um, all of those challenges now with a virus that's circulating around the community. So, Paul Ross, I'm, I'm interested to get your perspective. What does cancer care look like at SSM facilities these days? Has, has COVID-19 made things significantly more challenging in treating this population? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, one of the downstream effects of COVID-19 is that, you know, many individuals are concerned about contracting the virus. So they're postponing their checkups. Uh, and as a result, you know, there is a risk of seeing more and more later stage diagnoses. So, uh, as you know, you know when cancer is diagnosed later, it's it can be more aggressive and difficult difficult to cure. Um, but you know the five pillars of SSM Health Cancer Care still remain. Um, you know we organize our care sites by expert capabilities. Uh, for example, we've got nine SSM breast cancer centers in the St. Louis region, and in 2019 alone, these centers gave uh, about 59,000 mammogram exams. Wow. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, our, our pillars are, are uh, the way we care uh, remains the same and remains constant. 
Uh, Paul, mentioning this idea of pe- people postponing these screenings, obviously we were all told try to stay as distant from others as you can and, you know, avoid unnecessary um, trips to places where you could end up um, being exposed to the coronavirus. It's now been seven months. Um, Dr. Garza, would you like to see people getting back on on sort of these regular screenings? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, so, so. You know, in in the interview that you aired, of course, the cancer was discovered on, by a routine mammography, mm-hmm. and so that really shows the importance of a robust screening program. Um, and so, go ahead. I'm sorry, sir. It, it feels like in the beginning um, that we were all kind of terrified that being in any sort of healthcare setting, that COVID just might be flying around, and you know, you're worried that anybody who'd come in might mm-hmm. infect the mm-hmm. entire staff or infect other patients. Right. Now that we're seven months into this, do we have some some protocols in place where we're feeling pretty confident that's actually not going to happen? Yes, absolutely. And so uh, going into a healthcare facility now is a much different feel than it was pre-COVID. So a lot of extra precautions are taking, such as symptom checking, temperature checking, the staff uh, wearing personal protective equipment, regardless of if they're working on a COVID floor or not. All of these things are designed to, you know, decrease the risk of any transmission occurring at a healthcare facility. And by and large, it's been very successful. If you look at the, the rates of transmission occurring inside a healthcare facility, they're extremely low. So that tells us that we're doing the things right. Hmm. So all those added precautions, um, Paul, do we have a sense, does that affect the cost of care? Well, um, you know, I, I'd actually defer to Dr. Garza on that, but it does pose new challenges for us, um, especially in terms of the, the fundraising piece, um, you know, being creative, being innovative that way. Um, so there are some new challenges in that regard. Well, tell me a little bit about those. I know a lot of us are, are sort of watching, uh, white-knuckling it as we watch the stock market go up and down. We we may feel like all our investments are being wiped out. Um, is this something that makes it harder to persuade people, yeah, there's a really good cause you care about here. Please give. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, there are some significant challenges facing philanthropy uh, in this in this environment. Uh, first of all, being innovative. Uh, in our world of fundraising, lots of philanthropy is built on relationships and engaging supporters. Uh, and that's traditionally done through events and galas and in-person tours and most impactfully uh, in-person meetings. Mm-hmm. And of course, this mm-hmm. has changed over the last uh, seven months. So we're having to get creative using social media, doing Zoom meetings, virtual meetings. And, uh, and actually, uh, an old tried and true, you know, what's old is new again. Uh, is is actual mailings um, and doing uh, direct mail. Uh, we've seen a significant response uh, and actually gained over a thousand new brand new donors in response to our uh, appeal for our, our new urgent response fund hmm. to, to meet the pandemic. So uh, you guys are finding new ways to to reach donors, um, and it sounds like some of them are working. You also mentioned this gala, and we do want to mention that SSM Health Foundation's virtual gala is coming up. This supports oncology, the most vulnerable among us. You can find info. This is at givetoSSMHealth.org slash events slash gala. There's a lot of information about how you can participate in that, and you can do it virtually. Um, So, Dr. Garza, this isn't just that medical providers 
are doing things differently. People are doing things differently across the entire mm-hmm. hospital group. But I want to speak specifically to that, um, the actual provider side of things. How have you seen your team at SSM respond to just these ever-changing and, and sort of complicated situations this pandemic has brought? Yeah, well, it's certainly established a, a new normal, I would say. Uh, and so it really depends um, like on which phase of the pandemic you were in. So early on, as everybody understands, extremely stressful, um, shortages of personal protective equipment, all of those things just uh, creating a lot of anxiety amongst the workforce. Um, had a little bit of a lull, now a little bit of an uptick in cases and admissions. Um, but through all that time, I think people have maybe not become comfortable, but certainly understand more about the virus, how to treat the patients. Um, we've been able to, to increase uh, the amount of personal protective equipment, establish protocols, all of those things. And so I, I don't want to, to say that uh, people are, are the, the anxiety is not there. It's still there. But I, I do think that we've grown accustomed to this is sort of our new normal until mm-hmm. this pandemic uh, goes away. And I had earlier directed a question to Paul that sounds like it would be better directed to you. Does this, um, the, has the cost of care gone up with all of the complications you guys are now dealing with? Yeah, so so a couple of things about that. So uh, as, as I refer back to early on in the pandemic, um, when the healthcare systems more or less shut down except for taking care of very acute cases, uh, that took an extreme hit on the financial side as well. And so uh, millions and millions of dollars um, uh, were, 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 um, were, were lost because of that. So, so that's one thing. There's a huge financial hit to the healthcare systems. Uh, but I think the second piece, which is equally important, is the number of layoffs and furloughs and other things that occurred where people have lost their health insurance as well. And so you have sort of um, this this double whammy where the healthcare systems have have hemorrhaged millions of dollars, and now you have an increased need as well for for the delivery of healthcare for from people that were previously insured and are now not insured. So it's a it's created quite um, a challenging atmosphere. We're talking today to Dr. Alex Garza. He's the chief medical officer for SSM Health. That's, of course, in addition to his role as head of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force, two very big jobs. Uh, We're also joined by Paul Ross, the president of the SSM Health Foundation. And we do want to remind people they have this virtual gala coming up. You can find out more information at give2ssmhealth.org slash events slash gala. We need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. Welcome back. We're talking today about uh, cancer care during this pandemic, and we're talking to Paul Ross, who's the president of the SSM Health Foundation. We're also joined by Dr. Alex Garza, who's the chief medical officer for SSM Health, and he is also the head of the St. Louis Metropolitan Pandemic Task Force. And Dr. Garza, you'd referred earlier um, in our conversation to the fact that we are seeing a bit of uptick in cases in our region. Um, I understand that some hospitalizations have, have been growing, and that's particularly the case outstanding. 
update. What are, how are things looking to you right now? Yeah, so we're in this weird period where we see sort of the cases go up and down, or at least the admissions go up and down, I guess I should say. Uh, we've seen a clear decrease in cases from the more urban areas that were the hotspots early on the pandemic, mm -hmm. um, as well as admissions from those areas. So most of the admissions that we're seeing now are from the outlying areas, so the more rural areas like Franklin and Jefferson County and, and places like that. Um, and so that's that's probably a result of the diff the policy differences between uh, those different areas. It but does make you if, think maybe in the, in the mm -hmm. St. Louis region we have a, a clue of what we're doing. <laughs> Did you take yeah. some comfort in that? <laughs> uh, well, I would, I, would, I would have more comfort if the cases were decreasing across the state. But, mm -hmm. <laughs> but e even if you look at the urban areas on the other side of the state in Kansas City, their cases are, are way down as well. And so and there are similar policies between the two metropolitan areas. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the right question to ask. So with these outstate areas seeing this increase, as you say, an, an increase in hospitalizations, they're back up. Does that put strain on, on the systems here in St. Louis or, or make you fear future strain? How does that all um, work together? Sure. Yeah. And so um, uh, SSM does have facilities or, or we call them ministries, they're hospitals in mid-Missouri as well. And I can tell you from looking at our data, they're one of our highest census now is in our is in our hospitals uh, out in mid-Missouri. So but your question of uh, patients do come from the outlying areas and they come into the metropolitan area to seek help. And so, of course, um, when, when we're taking care of those patients, and then if we did see an increase in cases within our, our traditional catchment areas in the city and county, or a bad flu season, or something else, it would definitely cause a strain on the healthcare um, systems. Right now, we're measuring that as a you know percentages of beds and percentages of ICU capacity, and we're doing okay. Um, but it, we're always concerned when we see increased uh, level of activity into some of the areas that are feeding into the St. Louis area. Mm -hmm. And these SSM health hospitals that are out more in mid-Missouri, are they at this point doing okay? They're, they're, are they overwhelmed? They seem to be doing okay. They certainly have a high uh, census load, um, but uh, they, they seem to be doing okay right now. Well, that's good to hear. And, and Paul, we talked a bit about your work with SSM Health Foundation and how hard it is to get, um, you know, to get those in-person meetings, to get people to focus on this. Is this in part just a question of where our attention is right now? We're just not thinking of anything other than this coronavirus. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, and we've seen that, uh, that shift uh, in, in the giving uh, to us specifically. You know, the pandemic has created quite an awareness of health frontline caregivers, you know, who are critically important. And uh, so we've seen a shift now, whether that is now long term in terms of folks uh, giving habits and patterns, uh, that's to be determined. But uh, we have seen a focus specifically on health and uh, treating, you know, the, the and responding to the pandemic. So people are, when you say there's a shift, you've seen people more interested in giving in that health sphere? Absolutely. Uh, there's been no doubt we've seen a significant response to uh, our appeal to uh, to help treat the pandemic. Um, and, uh, and and we've seen that uh, in our case for sure. 
Okay. Well, that's that's great that there's been a, yeah. an influx in, in interest in that. So that's one piece of, of hope, I guess, that people are giving and, and they're being generous. On the medical front, Dr. Garza, what are your biggest areas for hope when it comes to COVID-19 right now? Uh, you know, it, I think if, if we as a community can embrace those mitigation strategies, um, you know, mask wearing, social distancing, all of those things, in order to get those cases down, um, that would be, uh, 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 you know, that would be welcomed. Um, and then moving into the flu season as well, uh, ensuring that we have high penetration of influenza vaccine um, would be the would be the other one. I know. Um, so, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, pl- please go ahead. Uh, yeah. So, so typically, it's only about forty percent of the population that gets flu vaccine. We think there's heightened awareness now, um, but if we can you know, bring down the risk of another respiratory pathogen within our community, that would be extremely helpful. You say there's heightened awareness. Has that translated at this point into a greater than expected number of people actually getting those flu shots? Yeah, we think so. Um, We've uh, used the pandemic task force to sort of organize around influenza campaigns as well. Um, And so we're starting to track how much vaccination we're giving out to the community. And we'll have some more data on that in the upcoming weeks. It's really just started those campaigns right now. Um, So we're going to track and see, have we seen a difference in uptake in the community? Hopefully we will. Hearing you talk about um, using the task force to coordinate and to to share some of these numbers together, I know one of the biggest complaints one always hears about St. Louis in any arena, certainly not (laughs) just the healthcare arena or the healthcare arena even held up as Exhibit A, is just how fractured we are, that we don't talk to each other enough, we don't coordinate enough. Do you think with something like this pandemic task force that you're now leading, that this is going to lead to increased collaboration for people within that healthcare space going forward? Well, we, that's certainly the goal. Um, so early on in the pandemic, we recognized that uh, we were much stronger together in looking at the health of the community together than we were apart. And so we've had um, more than a couple of discussions about how can we leverage uh, the infrastructure that we've put in place or maybe the organization that we've put in place to start tackling other things that affect the health of the community. And so, so uh, things uh, such as you know uh, the environment or housing or transportation, any of those other things that really impact health as well. So it, we're very hopeful. It also feels like there's an increased awareness of just how those factors. When you you mentioned the environment, things like housing, people are understanding how that plays into things like comorbidities, thanks to this illness. Do you think you'll be able to to seize some of the momentum on that to get people to understand that's also a health issue? Oh, absolutely. Um, and and I, that's the direction that, that we're going to be going is looking at those contributors to health that really are, are much more impactful for the health of the community than the delivery of health care. I mean, if you think about the entirety of health in the community, the, the delivery of health care in and of itself is really a small part. It's only like around 10 percent of the total health of the community. Mm-hmm. So focusing on those other things, such as the environment and and uh, other social and economic justice issues are extremely important to the health outcomes of the community. Paul, I want to bring it back to you. You're, you're again, the president of SSM Health Foundation. Is that something that the foundation is also um, raising money in ways that it, it benefits it? Absolutely. We, uh, you know, we are a place where uh, benefactors can turn their philanthropic investment into meaningful impact. And our sole purpose is to propel the mission of SSM Health forward. And 
community health is a priority for our, our organization. And so, yes, absolutely. Our foundation is uh, front and center at uh, supporting that. So we've talked a bit about this virtual gala you have coming up. Um, is it harder to get people interested in a gala when you can't show up wearing an awesome dress, you're not in a fancy hotel, you're doing it online? Is that something where uh, tickets don't move quite as briskly? Yeah, it is. Uh, and what we've seen nationally is that uh, these types of, you know, when everyone shifts to a virtual format or something like that from a traditional gala, uh, everything's down about 30 percent. And we're seeing exactly that. Um, so we're down just a touch, but there's still significant interest. Um, our theme this year is Hope Blooms, uh, because hope is one thing that we can be certain of during these challenging times. And so we're excited about the format that we have. It'll be engaging. There's live music. There's uh, inspiring stories. It'll just be from the comfort of your home uh, rather than, uh, you know, a... Uh, you know, a larger uh, hotel or, or a ballroom. So maybe we should be happy. We don't have to wear an uncomfortable dress. We can participate wearing something that, that's comfortable. <laughs> Ab yes, absolutely. And is it bring your own wine? How does that work? So, uh, yeah, what we do, uh, this is a really neat thing. Uh, everyone will, who's participating will be delivered a box, a gourmet meal. Uh, it'll be delivered to their door, and all they need to do is heat it up and it's um, and then also a bottle of wine will accompany that. So everything's provided. We're calling it Gala in a Box. <laughs> Gala in a Box. All right. Well, if you want more details about that, www.givetoSSMHealth.org slash events slash Gala. Um, and that theme is Hope Blooms. Dr. Garza, I want to bring it back to you because I feel like health is just mm -hmm. so important right now and you have your finger on the pulse of this. Um, what are some things you'd like us to take from this conversation? I know it's, it's important for people to get those regular screenings. That's surely part of it. But anything else you'd like to remind us and, and that would give us some hope on our way out the door? Yeah, so a couple of things. So um, related to, to our cancer care, the, the screening appointments and the screenings um, are extremely important. And uh, we've, we've uh, developed all of the protocols so people are safe when they come to our healthcare facilities, not just us, but across the board at all of the healthcare facilities. And so whomever you go to, make sure you're still fulfilling those, those uh, screening exams. Um, the second thing is is uh, the risk to um, to that specific patient population. So obviously they're immunocompromised, and so um, we need to be cognizant um, that even though people can be young, healthy, and it will be minimally impacted by COVID, uh, you you do the things like social distancing and mask wearing, not just to protect yourself, but to protect the community particularly those that are more vulnerable, like cancer patients and chemo patients and other patients. And so those are those are specific things. And um, lastly, the best way to get through this pandemic is if we all act together as one community um, to follow all of those really evidence-based rules. And I would say the same thing as well with, with giving for cancer care. I think that's a great point. And as you say, we kind of do have a, um, some little focus groups here. We have St. Louis and Kansas City, which are, are doing pretty well at this point. And, and mm -hmm. we're looking at what they do and, and how that works and some other places not doing quite so well. So we might want to take something from that. Dr. Alex Garza of SSM Health, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Sure. Anytime. Thanks, Sarah. And Paul Ross, president of the SSM Health Foundation. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah.
If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Is listening to an episode of St. Louis on the Air part of your daily routine? If so, suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations and leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help new people discover our show. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.